Podcast, episode number two. I'm your host, Aaron Rittmaster, AJ Ritz on the boards, and with me tonight are Mark, also known as Pratt Pack, John, also known as Big Tech 71, and Eric, also known as DEA. Uh, again, you may be wondering, who are the Diz Dads? We're a group of fathers from around the world. We represent a range of ages, ethnicities, religious traditions, political beliefs, careers, and interests. But we all share three things. Love for our children, love for all things Disney and Walt Disney World, and participation in the Diz Dads Club threads on thedizboards.com. We're hoping to use this podcast to share all of those things with you. And tonight, in episode two, we're going to talk about a number of different topics, uh, starting with our Around the Horn segment, discussing in, in uh, meta fashion, Disney podcasts. There's a lot of Disney podcasts that have uh, made their way onto the internet lately, and we wanted to discuss just a few that we listen to, and uh, maybe some of you listeners will uh, comment uh, on the disdads.com site with some suggestions of your own. So um, why don't I ask uh, Eric to give us a, a starting point, and uh, Eric, what what Disney podcasts do you listen to? Let's see. I guess for the um, sort of the longest tenure I've had with the podcast has been the Diz Unplugged podcast, um, run out of um, beautiful downtown Orlando, Florida. Uh, it's connected with uh, the place where uh, I guess we virtually met on the on the Diz boards. Um, it's generally a weekly podcast. Um, yeah, no. They've kind of broken it up into into sections nowadays, but um, that that's the one I've been with the longest. Yeah, I was going to ask you what you thought about the uh, the new format now that they've split the show up into sort of three smaller segments usually uh, instead of the one longer show. It's fine. I usually ended up listening to it all in a in a stretch anyway, uh, depending on the length of the, of the show. I've got a decently long commute, so right. uh, I really get a, a good. Uh, <laughs> 45 minutes to an hour in either way. So uh, it hasn't really affected me that much. I think initially, you know, like everybody else, I fear change. So uh, it was a little little bit of a hurdle to get used to, but but now it's fine. I think that one of the things, uh, well, there are a couple of things about the Diz Unplugged that are kind of unique that, that set it apart from the other podcasts. I think one is that it uh, probably has the highest production value of any of the podcasts that I listen to, particularly those that have multiple participants. Um, they've really done a, a lot to make their production values high. It makes it easy to hear everybody, and that's kind of nice. Um, and one of the things I know I appreciate about the Diz Unplugged is that Although the people who participate in the podcast are clearly big Disney fans and Walt Disney World in particular fans, um, they're not afraid to criticize when criticism is appropriate. Oh, no. No, some of the, the rants are, are sometimes the best part. Yes, yes. Um, okay, and uh, John, what's a, another podcast that you listen to? Okay, um, one of the other ones that I listen to uh, is WDW Today. The, uh, the one with Mike Newell, Mike Scopa, Len Testa, and Matt Hotchberg. They've been they've been going on forever. I mean, they're on like episode 850 or something right now. So they've been around a long time, and I like listening to them. Add a little humor to their stuff every now and then, and it, you know, and they banter around, and it, it makes it quite fun to listen to. Yeah, I think that I also listen to WDW today, and I think one of the things I like about their podcast is that 
it's it's brief, it's to the point, um, and it's probably one of the most sort of uh, you know hands-on helping you plan your trips of any of the podcasts I listen to. Um, anybody else have any comments about WDW today or Diz Unplugged? Aaron, I, I think those would be my two as well. Um, I like the, the Disunplugged one because of the variety that they do. And I agree with John. They do not hold anything back. If they have an issue with Disney, they will let, definitely let you know. And I think that, I don't know if they're, if they're trying to help you know, improve Disney, which, which it definitely could. The other one I, I have listened to in the past was the, uh, the WDW radio show. And um, that that's a fairly good one as well. Lou does some really incredible work. His his sense of detail at Disney is remarkable. Um, and one of the one of the things I think that uh, WW Radio Show does uh, even better than, than just about anybody else is is to really recognize those those small details that most of us would miss on an everyday basis. Um, and and. Lou really does a nice job too of, of, you know, taking you to the park um, and really making you feel like you're there while he broadcasts. And like I said, and the disunplugged ones are, um, they're great. They have a great variety um, of subjects that they hit. Their characters, all every single one of them that are on that that podcast. Yes, quite definitely. Um, John, I, I, if I remember right, you're you're one of the guys like me who's also into tech and, and listens to Beta Mouse. Oh yeah, yeah. I love Beta Mouse. I, I started listening to them since the first day that they started. Uh, I think I'd heard a tweet from somebody saying, "Hey, you got to check this out. This is pretty cool." And so I started on on day one listening. And yeah, they're they're pretty cool because it blends that you know I'm a technophobe and you know a geek and I like electronics and all that stuff. So it kind of is a, a neat blend of uh, Disney and uh, the tech. So I really like that. And uh, I noticed that we also are both uh, listeners to the Be Our Guest podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like Be Our Guest also. Mike Rollman, he's he's really good. I, I like his style. And he's got a good voice, you know, for the for the podcast. And the, he's real smooth and helps really move the show along. And they, uh, I, I like how they had also, you know, will have somebody on talking about one of their trips you know, doing like a trip report type of thing. So that's kind of neat too, because, you know, everybody has their own style and does different things. And I kind of like that about theirs. And that kind of draws me back is when you get to listen to somebody else talking about something that they experienced. Yeah, I, I agree. That's my favorite part. I think of the BR guest podcast is the getting a, a sense of other people's trips, the kinds of things that, that, you know, were highlights for them and, and maybe give you some ideas for your next trip. Yep, exactly. And I just wanted to say that Lou Mangello with the uh, WDW radio, uh, you were saying, you know, he's real detail oriented and all that. And man, he's got to be like the hardest working guy in the (laughs) disc community because that guy is just unbelievable. What he does every single week is just amazing. I agree. Well, I've got a couple of other, uh, maybe you know, smaller or newer podcasts that I, I've been listening to that I wanted to mention here. Um, one is sort of the inspiration for deciding that that maybe we could pull off a, a podcast here at Diz Dads, uh, and that is the Five Minute Magic po- Podcast. Um, it's done by you know three 
good friends who have been going to Disney together for a long time, and they do a really focused podcast, generally picking uh, a single attraction or just, you know, a, a fairly narrow range of restaurants or some very specific topic, and then they spend five minutes um, rating the attraction, for example. My favorite of their podcasts are the ones where they're, they're rating an attraction. Um, and they talk about the pluses and minuses. And, and for me, getting ready, particularly for our first trip back in October, um, Five Minute Magic was great because I didn't have to agree with the way they rated things, but the information that they provided as they rated them uh, you know, really helped me get a sense of both what I might enjoy and, more importantly, what my kids might enjoy uh, in the parks. Um, but they also have that sort of, you know, homegrown feel, which I think, uh, I hope that we, we share with them. Um, and then one other podcast that I re just recently started listening to um, is Generation Mouse. And I, I'm pretty sure that I'm firmly outside of their demographic target. Uh, it's a, a podcast specifically aimed at, at young adults, mostly college students. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying listening to their perspective. Um, it, they think about Disney sometimes in, in ways that, that I might not otherwise think of it, and they do a really nice job. Yeah, that's that's kind of cool. I hadn't heard of that one, but I can see what you're talking about, uh, getting another perspective. That's kind of neat that, you know, you can get that, that other view, and maybe it'll bring some new ideas to you. Exactly. I listened to that one that was uh... – I think it was the five-minute one that you were talking about yep. that that you had suggested earlier in the week, and that was that was really informative because they just drill on one subject, and um, they go over it in great detail in the, those very few minutes that they have. So it was a really good podcast. There are a couple others that I was going to highlight, but if anybody else has one, uh, you know, feel free to. to pipe up. Um, I've been uh, trying to expand my podcasts here as I prepared for this show and you know I'm another one who has a, a bit of a commute to work so I load up the iPod with the podcasts and listen on the way. Um, two that I just recently started listening to are uh, Inner Mouse and that one I, I don't know that I do it justice because they actually do a video cast um, and I have to listen to the audio version because I don't think the Highway Patrol would appreciate me. Uh, watching while I drove, um, or my fellow drivers for that matter. But, um, you know, that's that's really a podcast for the true Disney fanatic, uh, the people who, who you know, for whom Disney and, and the Disney parks are, are really a way of life. Um, and I admire their commitment uh, because they do a, a terrific job on a, on a very consistent basis. Um, the other that I was just starting to listen to, and I think I'm probably going to be listening to for a long time, uh, is the Di the Disney Film Project podcast. Um, Matt Hotchberg, uh, or I'm sorry, not Matt Hotchberg, uh, one of the other guys from uh, touringplans.com, uh, I'm drawing a blank on his, on his name now, uh, works with it as well, well as Ryan uh, Patrick, um, but uh, they basically are, are on a quest to watch and review every Disney movie, uh, and I've really enjoyed their reviews so far, and that's the Disney Film Proje Project podcast. Yeah, I had heard about that one. That's one I'm looking forward to starting to listen to. I wish I had started listening to it before this so I could comment, but yeah, I'd heard nothing but good things about that one. Uh, and then just a few others that I, I have to mention because I've been listening and, and you know want to give them a shout out. Um, 
the uh, the Parish Brothers and Wedway Radio. Uh, if you're not listening to it, you absolutely should be. It's a fascinating look at Disney history uh, in the parks, especially. They do just a wonderful job of of taking you through an era of of Disney history as it uh, developed and um, based on you know what what was behind the the development of various attractions, um, how the Imagineers went about designing and developing each of the lands, um, just really remarkable uh, history and and told in a really engaging way by uh, a couple of guys who, you know, have been going to the parks, both Disneyland and, and Walt Disney World together, you know, since they were small children. Um, and then the last one is uh, the WDW News Today podcast, and it actually was one of the first I started listening to. Um, I just sort of found it by accident in, in iTunes when I was you know, searching for information about Disney World. And, you know, it's one of those kind of big-ranging uh, fan podcasts. They do a really nice job on the production end. Um, my favorite segments of theirs are are their you know, top whatever, top tens, countdown, their, their panel discussions are, are excellent because their, their panel is really well informed and they do a nice job putting those together. Um, very, very polished, uh, podcast, not nearly as sloppy as I am. (laughs) So, um, does anybody else have any podcasts that they want to add to our, uh, list here or want to discuss or want to talk about some of the ones we've already mentioned? Anybody no, but give, give me a lot of good ideas, though, for for things to check out. Yeah, I think my biggest frustration is, you know, there's only so many hours in the day, and uh, there, are only, <laughs> there are more podcasts I'd like to listen to than I think I really have time to all the time. But uh, You've got to work and take care of your children. It gets, it gets very busy. Yes. Yeah, I find it hard to listen to. I guess I got, what, like five that I listen to, and I find it hard to find the time to make to listen to them, but uh, when am I, I help up my house, uh, my wife around the house, yeah. uh, cleaning up and stuff, I'll get out my headphones and put that on, and I, she knows if I'm going to be helping clean the house, I'm going to be either listening to my podcast or music and just leave <laughs> me alone. <laughs> Got to be in the zone. <laughs> exactly. Okay, well, um, I think now what I'd like to do is transition us to our next topic, and this is a new segment that we're introducing uh, this week, and I I hope to continue it because I think it'll be a lot of fun. Um, And for now, we're going to call it Getting to Know You. I'm going to do a a sort of a 10 questions interview with one of our Diz Dads podcast panel members. Uh, And for this first one, I'm going to interview our audio engineer, uh, Mark Pratt. So, Mark... You uh, ready to take the hot seat? Bring it. All right. Now, Mark has no idea what these questions are, so this should be a little. Uh, this should be fun. He's he's on the hot seat, literally. And guys, I asked earlier in the week, but he wouldn't let me cheat. <laughs> okay. So this should be good. All right, Mark. First question: Where where do you live, and what do you do for a living? I live in uh, Westminster, which is right outside of Denver, Colorado. Uh, about 10 minutes, uh, and I work currently right now, I'm a contractor for IBM as a um, customer service uh, entitlement um, uh, team, is what I work for. And describe your family for us. How many of you are there, kids, that kind of thing. 
Well, currently in our home, we have my mother-in-law and my brother-in-law living with us. My wife, Wendy, um, who's also a Disney fanatic. And our son, our oldest son, Christian, who is 12. And our middle daughter, Libby Elizabeth, she is nine years old. And then our youngest son, Robin, who is six. And now we get into the Disney questions. What's your favorite off-the-beaten-path location at Walt Disney World? Off-the-beaten-path location, probably the land, the ride, just because it's a place that's quiet. It takes a while, so I can let my feet rest, kick my shoes off on the boat if I want to, and it's just kind of a peaceful, uh, peaceful little voyage. Okay, now I know this next one's kind of difficult, but what is your least favorite place at Walt Disney World? I think probably the tops of the charts with all the other disc dads probably be It's a Small World, just because I'm scared of getting trapped inside there. And I've also read the books, um, The Kingdom Keepers. And I'm not going to spoil it for anybody who hasn't read them, but it, it'll scare the dickens out of you. So that, that's probably my least favorite place. Who is your favorite animated Disney character? We know after Tangle came out, it's kind of a tough one because Maximus in that one, just he killed me. He, he really stole the show on that one. Um, other than that, it'd have to be goofy, I guess. Okay, and this next one is, is borrowed from James Lipton. These next couple are, but what sound or noise do you love? It, it'd have to be the, um, the monorail voice when the doors close. Um, it's my ringtone. Uh, I have the hats, the shirts that all say it. You know, the, the please stand, stand clear, clear of the doors. Por favor, puertas. It's just the way he says it kills me. And that's when I hear that, I know then that I'm that I'm at the at the world for sure. What sound or noise do you hate? Uh, screaming adults <laughs> at Disney World. Not not having fun screaming, but angry screaming. Right. It, it just just kind of it, it bugs me. You're at the happiest place in the world for crying out loud. Knock it off. If you could choose to pursue a career other than your own, what would you attempt? And to stay with the Disney feel here, it, it's their their tech department is just it's like the holy grail of all jobs. That would be it, I think. Is that is that show tech or park tech? In their technology department. Okay. Um, working you know with the in, in the secret layers. <laughs> of their of their IT departments. And what job would you least like to do? Probably be a character. Just the costume. I know it's got to be like 400 degrees in there all day long. And, and, and having the kids pulling, yanking on you and stuff like that. I just don't know if I'd be able to handle that. You know, I'd hate to have kids running from Buzz Lightyear as he's going crazy on some kids. <laughs> Okay, now this next one, actually, you sort of answered already to a certain extent, but if you could be a Disney cast member for one year, and only for a year, what job would you want to do? Mr. Incredible. Just because you get to hang out with, with Frozone and, and Mrs. Incredible. <laughs> That'd be it. So even though your nightmare job would be to be a costumed character, if it was only for a year, you'd choose to be a costumed character. You know, they got to have some sort of cooling system on those things. <laughs> Okay. Well, that's been our 10 questions. Hopefully we all got to know Mark just a little bit better. And uh, that'll give us an opportunity to sort of build the community just a bit. 
Thanks for uh, taking your spot on the hot seat, Mark. You're uh, hey, free to stand up. My pleasure. Up. My pleasure. Okay. Uh, so the next topic on the agenda, moving right along, is to continue our series on man law discussions. And uh, the the man law that I wanted to talk about this week has to do with what what are probably uh, termed best dis dad moments. And the way it's phrased in the man law is. When you are traveling with your family to any Disney park for any reason, be present with them, be engaged with them, and for heaven's sake, be responsive to them. Get off your stupid electronic devices. Now, I know that may sound a little strange coming from a bunch of tech heads who are sitting here recording a podcast, but gentlemen, how is it that you make sure that you're present, engaged, and responsive when you're in the parks with your families, and maybe share some of those those moments, those dis dad moments that occur because you disconnect in the parks. Uh, John, you have something for us, maybe? Sure. Um, well, first of all, I just want to say, get off your electronic devices, except for like the camera. <laughs> Make sure you have your camera handy because that kind of uh, goes with one of mine. Uh, I'd been writing my trip report recently and I had linked to some video that I caught of my daughter whenever we were waiting to go into Cinderella's royal table. Um, there was kind of a lull while we were waiting to be called and there weren't many people there. And uh, Cinderella, we were talking with our daughter and having fun and Cinderella saw her having all the fun and walked over and um, she took her hand and asked her to dance. And they, they danced and they talked and they, you know, they spent a good, I don't know, five minutes together just chatting. And it was just, it was like one of those magical moments. And to be able to get that on film you know on video is great because my daughter just loves watching it like every other day just to relive it because it was just such a great a great moment so i was glad to i was able to get that um and be ready for it you know so it was nice well sure but that's a good example of being present i mean the alternative is that you could have been you know had your face buried in your phone you know uh, surfing sports scores or or you know, checking Facebook statuses, and mm-hmm. instead you were you were there to recognize that and, and you know catch that spontaneous moment. Yeah, I mean, I might have if I was doing something else, I might have caught it, you know, at the end or something. But you know, to be able to get all of it and be there, and that it kind of leads me to this other thing on this topic, and that is, whenever you're there, engaging and being with your family, you know, the your your emotions. And your excitement and your happiness rubs off on your kids. So the more excited you are and the more happy you are and the more fun you're having, the more fun your kids are going to have too. You can you can see that a lot if you're taking pictures um, of like character interactions and stuff, especially if you're right there with the kids acting happy with them. Uh, if you're not, if you're just sitting back and being quiet, a lot of times they might be more quiet or be more shy. So if you kind of interact with them also, it really helps um, helps them feel more comfortable around a character and be more happy and excited. And, you know, if, if an adult is, you know, if a, the adult didn't get their midday nap, they <laughs> might be getting a little uh, cranky later in the day too. So you don't want to... I hate it whenever I see the you know adults like Mark had said earlier, you know, yelling at the kids or something. You know, it's it's the happiest place on earth. You're making memories that are going to last a lifetime with your children. So you really need to 
you know, temper that and, and just enjoy it and let your kids enjoy it. You don't want them to remember something negative from Walt Disney World. You want them to remember the, the happy and fun times that they had. I agree. I agree. Eric, do you have a, a story to add? Uh, I'm not too sure about a story. I mean, I I find I, I generally don't have a hand free to have an electronic device <laughs> um, when I'm in the parks with the girls. Um, they are, it's just so amazing to see them um, interact with the characters, um, just having such a good time. Um, it It's really transformative for me. I mean, it's, it's, it's different from, you know, feeling like a kid again. It's, it's, uh, a thrill to see your kid having so much fun and just, uh, engaging with these characters that they've you know, seen in the movies or, um, on, on TV or read about in a book. Uh, it really is just amazing. Um, when, uh, the first year we went down as a family to Disney, uh, we were eating lunch at uh, the Crystal Palace, uh-huh. so it's the the Winnie the Pooh characters, and I had no idea that and we only went with uh, one of my daughters then, um, but I had no idea that she would have uh, reacted the way she did to the characters there. She uh, she hadn't encountered the big, you know, she'd seen the face characters before then, but this was her first experience with um, oh, the full costume. Uh, with the full costume. So I was. A little worried. She was uh, you know, three. wasn't sure how she was going to handle it, but she was just giggling nonstop, um, falling on the floor, um, especially when Tigger came around. Um, and just just seeing that was amazing. Um, the same trip, she got to meet Cinderella later in the in the trip, and I still remember Cinderella asking her if um, the mice made her dress too, and it was just. <laughs> Um, it just it seemed like she was forming such a connection right. there that uh, it's 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 just amazing to me uh, sort of the feelings that that engenders um, seeing your child have that kind of connection with the characters there and they do they generally do a great job the cast members there who are especially I think playing um, some of the princess characters which having two daughters we see a lot of princesses on our trips. Right. Um, they they do a great job in engaging with the kids, um, and again down with both daughters visiting the uh, Pixie Hollow. They uh, uh, Tinkerbell and uh, one of the other fairies started playing this game with a little head scarf that one of my daughters had, you know, playing peekaboo, mm-hmm. and that went on. That game went on for like three or four minutes, but it felt like it went on for a lot longer just because they were having so much fun and giggling about it. Um, I got a little worried about the folks behind us in line, <laughs> staring daggers at her back. Just like, like, all right, fine. That's enough. Move along. <laughs> but, um, but when you're in that moment, it's really nothing else matters. It's sure. having such a good time. So, um, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I just don't have time to, you know, pull out an iPhone and, uh, check my email. Um, right. So how about you, Mark? I love this man law um, because uh, there's just so many so many opportunities that you could miss and so many of those, for instance, John's uh, video, those magical moments that you could actually just, that they're just there and they're gone. Um, 
So being off your phone, being off, you know, when my wife and I go alone, that's a different story. It's a whole new ball game there because, I mean, Facebook is on fire from some of the pictures that we, you know, all the pictures that we're firing back and forth. But when we're with our kids there, the only time our phones come out of our pockets is if we're separated. You know, she's gone to a ride and I've gone to a different ride and we need to hook back up. But there's a lot of moments that, that we would have missed. I mean, like my youngest son, the first time he went and just, just watching his face just light up. This is the best day ever thing, you know. And <laughs> um, even to my oldest son, um, when he finally figured out his first time when we got there, we let him sleep. And he slept as we drove underneath, you know, the big sign that you, you drive in. Right. And we're, we're at Caribbean Beach Resort for, I, I would say, at least an hour before all the hints that we were giving him before it finally kicked in where he actually was <laughs> he knew we were going to florida we he knew that we were going to his aunts to help him move but he had no idea that we were taking him to disney world for helping us you know with him and and it, it was it was hilarious and and you know even my daughter meeting all the princesses and just just crying her eyes out cuz she was just you know in in pure heaven right. um so it, you know, I get off the Facebook, get off your email. It's not important. Yeah, it, it's really not important. More important than than the, the small ones that are looking up at you, you know, right there in front of your face. So yeah, put it down. <laughs> I, I will admit to being one of the people who you know sometimes has a hard time with this. Um, my wife and I are both attorneys, and we're both litigators. So. You know, it's it's really tempting to just take a quick peek because um, you know that, you know, the, the minute that you're not paying attention for a day is the day that opposing counsel can't wait to get a hold of you or your key witness is, you know, all of a sudden nervous about taking the stand and, and is, wants to talk, you know, needs to be talked down or whatever. Um, but uh, the, the moment that sort of, you know, taught me my lesson and, and made me learn this and made me say, you know what, I, I just, I don't need to do this now. I'll do it while the kids take their nap or, you know, something like that was my youngest son or well, my only son, but he's also the youngest child in the family, um, is normally fearless, but for some reason he has an incredible phobia of, co of costume characters. And the first four days of our trip, he would not go near one. And in fact, the, the first day we spent in the park, we spent at Animal Kingdom. And his favorite character, his favorite Disney character at the time was Stitch. And my daughter had a wonderful character interaction with Lilo and Stitch at Animal Kingdom. It went on and on, and they tried to get John to come and, you know, even to shake his hand or, you know, get close enough to wave and be in a picture. And he wouldn't do it. He wouldn't go anywhere near. And so we just kind of had given up. And it was probably, I think it was the fifth day of our trip. We we had just gotten off of uh, uh, the, the Tomorrowland Speedway. And if I had been on my phone, we would have lost him. Because we come down those steps, and right as we hit the steps, Stitch is just walking across Tomorrowland, which doesn't happen very often. <laughs> But Stitch is just walking by, and John saw him and took off, just ran, and ran to Stitch, and just ran up to him and gave him a huge hug. And, 
you know, if I had been not paying attention, I would have missed the whole thing. Um, you know, let alone the fact that I might have lost him in a crowd. I would have missed that moment where he was finally sort of, you know, overcome by the magic and willing to give into it and and run up and, and give Stitch a hug and get a picture taken and, and you know, not be afraid of the characters. Um, and, you know, from that moment forward, the, the phone stayed in my pocket unless, you know, like like uh, you were saying, Mark, unless we're separated doing different things and needing to, to communicate to hook back up afterwards. Right. Perfect. Okay. Um, well, I, I hope that uh, our listeners will, will take heed to the man law because this one really, I think, strikes at the heart of what it means to be a Diz dad, um, to... to want to make sure that your kids uh, experience all the that Disney magic uh, and and that you're there experiencing it with them in the moment um, all right well moving on uh, actually to a kidless segment here uh, John has an interesting interesting trip coming up uh, soon. John, yep. why don't you tell us a bit about your trip? Okay. Um, my wife and I are both going to be turning 40 years old. I probably shouldn't have said that, <laughs> letting everybody know my wife's age. but um, And we're, our birthdays fall within a month of each other. So we were thinking of doing something kind of special. Um, we, we had just returned from a trip from Disney World. So at first, you know, we didn't think about going right back. And my wife uh, was thinking about a cruise or going to Vegas or something like that. And uh, as we started talking, um, I started thinking, you know, well, maybe maybe we could go back to Disney, but, you know, just the two of us, because we're going to go just the two of us somewhere. I had always heard that it was pretty fun to uh, to go to Disney World with just a couple, even after you've been with your kids, because it's so different. It's like a whole new experience. So um, I started talking to her about it, and she started warming up a little bit, but she was still kind of nervous, thinking that uh, she would feel guilty going to Disney World without having the kids there. So um, <clears throat> the thing that was kind of frustrating, though, was we she would decide, okay, well, maybe we should go to Vegas. Okay, so I'd start planning the Vegas trip. Then a day or two later, she'd say, oh, well, you know, maybe we'll go ahead and go to Disney World. Okay, now I'll start planning the Disney trip. Then, well, no, I, can't, I don't think we should go and not tell our daughter that we're going and let's go to Vegas. Okay. So it was back and forth for several, several days, and it was getting really frustrating. But um, finally, um, what finally turned turned her around was uh, she thought she had got a sign in that we were going to go to Vegas. And we knew that we were going to go back to Walt Disney World next summer with the kids. But um, we, we had also planned a trip on the Disney Cruise Lines next summer. Well, the kids wanted to go... Uh, just to Disney World. They were thinking, well, maybe we won't want to do the cruise. We just want to spend all of our time at Disney. So I, I called up Disney and the cruise lines to cancel the trip to get our deposit back. And we were going to, you know, we could just use that money towards our trip to Vegas. Well, um, they didn't go through. I mean, it took, it took several days for the uh, credit to come out. And so after several days, my wife, she's like, well, you know, they still haven't credited our account yet. Maybe maybe that's a sign. Maybe, maybe we should just go ahead and go to Disney because it is cheaper. And it, because 
uh, I guess I should mention, we, we have annual passes that we used this last time. So it makes the chip trip a little bit cheaper in that we can get annual pass discount for the room. We don't have to pay for the park admission to get in with the annual pass. So um, <clears throat> anyway, she thought that was a sign that the money didn't come back in time and we had to get this thing booked. So let's just do Disney because like it's cheaper. <laughs> yeah. So of course, yeah, I took that and ran with it. I was like, uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. That's the ticket. It's a sign. Yeah, yeah, sign. Okay, so so anyway, I got excited and got to plan my trip. And so we're, we're going to go, just the two of us, and see uh, what it's like to go as a couple since we've never been without the kids. And so what what one thing are you looking forward to on this trip that's, that's special because it's a couple's trip? Um, we are going to go see the Lanuba. Uh, Cirque du Soleil show is something we we had thought about taking the kids to, but it's a little pricey, you know, to go with all of us, and we weren't sure how engaged the kids would be with the show. Um, so there, we decided we'd go ahead for a fortieth. You know, hey, let's have some fun. We'll go check out the Cirque du Soleil, du Soleil show, and uh, also I'm I'm still working on her and possibly going to. Um, uh, Victorian Alberts because that's something that's on my bucket list so maybe I can get that scratched off too that's a great choice <laughs> <laughs> alright well that sounds great and uh, mentioning Victorian Alberts should uh, transition us nicely into our, our last scheduled segment for the night and that is just a, a quick round table here on Diz Dad's Favorites uh, this time I want to talk about our favorite Magic Kingdom snack so who, uh, who's got a favorite Magic Kingdom snack they'd like to share? Oh, we, we definitely have a lot of them, I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> um, I, I'll go first. I, 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 I know that um, this last trip was my first time in, in venturing into having a Dole Whip. And, wow. and that, is, that is a new staple, I think. Um, <laughs> the, the, those were absolutely amazing. Really good, and especially you know if it's a hot day. I think we had maybe two of those our last trip <laughs> on hot days. Um, those and the other one that that I can't I can't go on a trip without having would be the Mickey Mouse ice cream on a stick dipped in chocolate. See, I, I think my favorite is is remarkably mundane for being a, a Magic Kingdom snack, but I, my favorite is is still the the bucket of popcorn in the souvenir bucket, um, and it's really just because my kids are both popcorn freaks; they love it. And some of my favorite memories of our trip are, you know, sitting right along Main Street with uh, you know our popcorn and sharing popcorn with the kids while we wait for the parade. And hey, Aaron, how many of those buckets better. do you have now? Um, I believe there are four in the kitchen now, and that's nice. That's yeah, um, but uh, you know, I, I don't know something about something about sitting on the curb there on Main Street, uh, waiting for a parade, just makes the popcorn taste that much better. Nice. It, it absolutely tastes the best of any popcorn anywhere for some reason. Anybody else have something they'd like to uh, suggest? Uh, yeah, I'm going to second the uh, the Dole Whip. Or uh, actually, I'll even 
raise it a bit and say the dough whip float with the pineapple juice at the bottom and you mix it all in. It's really, really good. Another one that's, I guess you could call it a snack because I think you can get a snack credit with it, but I don't, I'm not sure, is in the morning at the bakery, the Main Street Bakery. They've got the uh, egg, bacon, and cheese croissants that are very delicious. Yeah, one of my favorite uh, snack credit uses in the Magic Kingdom was we, we had a bunch of snack credits left over our, our last night. Uh, when, and we were in Magic Kingdom that night. And so we uh, used up those snack credits on on a bunch of uh, you know various pastries, uh, chocolate croissants and stuff, and uh, just took them back with us and had them for breakfast in the morning, the next morning. And it was perfect. It was, it was our nice little kind of send-off, too. Uh, okay, now wait, before we leave this topic, I have to share a, a little secret. Um, I don't know if any of you have uh, orange leaf frozen yogurt franchises in your where you live. I don't know how far they've spread. We have several around here in, in Kansas. But um, the, the orange leaf frozen yogurt franchises have Dole pineapple frozen yogurt. So you can't quite do the float, but if you're really jonesing for, for a... Uh, for a Dole Whip, they're there. So is, you it, can, is it pretty close to the uh, to what you get at Disney? It's it's very similar. Um, I think the Disney the the stuff at Disney comes out a little bit softer, and I think it's just because of, of the you know it's outdoors, it's warmer than inside the restaurant or you know inside the the frozen yogurt place. Um, but it is virtually identical. What you don't get is the the fresh pineapple and pineapple juice on it. There is on allears.net has the recipes for the entire park. <laughs> yes. um, and and there's a few Dole Whip recipes on there that are pretty spot on. Yeah, the, the you know, the orange leaf Dole Whip, look, it's never going to taste quite the same because you're not at Aloha Isle in the Magic Kingdom. Yeah, just like the popcorn thing, exactly. you know. But it's a but it's a nice substitute when you're still months away from getting back to the park and you want just that hint of the Magic Kingdom. Okay, well, uh, does anybody else have any any Magic Kingdom snacks they wanna they wanted to mention? See, over at the uh, the Liberty Square snack shop, there they've got this um, chocolate chip cookie ice cream sandwich mm. that is roughly the size of Rhode Island. Yes, yes. The and, ones bigger uh, than my child's head. Yeah, yeah. So anytime you can eat food that's bigger bigger than your child's head, that's a that's a good day. So so yeah, that's that's up there on my list too. Along with the and popcorn. The popcorn of course. The obligatory um was it the uh, funnel cake out of the Sleepy Hollow. Uh, that's that's really good too. Yeah, see, to me, and of course, you know, I'm the wrong one to speak because my favorite is the is the popcorn. But, you know, the the funnel cake, the um, oh, you know, pretzels, things like that. I think those things are kind of almost standard fair food. But there's really something unique about. And again, even though you can find it outside the park, there's something unique about that. The Dole Whip, the, the Mickey Bar, the, um, 
you know, all those kinds of things that are only there. I agree. I mean, you can get a hamburger or, you know, a hot dog anywhere in the world, but there, there's something about it when, when you're there in the park. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I think that that's going to wrap us up for tonight. Uh, thanks again to uh, Mark, John, Eric, and uh, I'm your host, Aaron Rittmaster. Glad to have you along. And if you've got comments for us, suggestions, we'd love to hear from you. We are Diz Dad's Podcast, all one word, on Twitter. Uh, you can also email us at podcast at dizdads.com. Or you can find us on the web at disdads, D-I-S-D-A-D-S dot com. Hopefully, we'll see you real soon. Thanks. As the moon climbs high over the dead oak tree. Spooks so bright for the midnight tree. Creepy creeps with eerie eyes. Start to shriek and hard all night. Then we don't start to socialize.